0: You are now listening to "Ride with Me," the Flat Tenority Podcast. Welcome to "Ride with Me" episode ninety-two. Today is March 19, twenty twenty-three, and my guest today again is Marlena.
1: Hey, Andy, how are you?
0: I'm good, Marlena. Just uh, got home from church and uh, haven't even changed out of my monkey suit.
1: I know you look so nice. I wouldn't call it a monkey suit.
0: I was my boys and I always call it a monkey suit. It's like we're trained. <laughs> I like it we my peace. son can
1: dress like that every day he'd do it
0: well i i like i never dress i used to dress like this it wasn't until we went to court that uh i started dressing like this and i like i like it and that, that i've always believed in ever since i've been going to church i believed in if you can dress like this for the club you should be able to dress like this for god so i don't preach <laughs> i don't preach religion just just saying what i do um i do want to start off this podcast by uh, remembering my buddy scotty i completely forgot last episode that uh last week four years ago he passed away um this guy was a good friend of mine a friend to a lot of people he you know just in the four to five years of knowing him he pretty much you know i don't want he touched our our hearts he's he's a good man he was a good man and I know everyone that knows him that's been on the podcast, that comes on the podcast, they talk about him, and I know they all miss him dearly. And uh, Scotty, four years, buddy, you haven't been forgotten.
1: I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm so glad that you um, have a way to remember him and have memories and stories. And uh, I think that's very – what an honor to be able to – to have this uh, pro- this today's series be dedicated to him.
0: I uh, Every time I have a guest that come on that, that knows him, that knew him, it we have to get into a topic about him. So, yeah, I, I completely forgot. You know what? I didn't forget. I didn't forget last week. I just forgot to say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if you noticed. Right after we start, we stopped recording, I posted an image of him on my Instagram and Facebook because I, I was like, it was there. I just forgot to say it out loud on the on the podcast. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I try my best to, to honor or to remember the, the, the people that we've lost. Um, every time we go to Ventura County to visit friends and family, the first thing I do is I make my rounds to the cemeteries first. So pretty much Santa Paula, where Scotty's at, I'll visit him. And then I'll go to the cemetery in Oxnard. And, you know, there's sadly a brother there, my grandparents, my uncle, that we go visit, and then uh, I believe my my grandfather's uh, mother is also there, so you know we make our rounds. We try to try my best. Mm-hmm. I try to take what my grandpa used to do for his son's grave, and I try to do the same. Uh, I tripped out because the last the, the last time we went was in November, and that was the first time me seeing kind of in a way seeing my brother since um, in, in the first time in, in in over ten years, and sadly he was uh-huh. in the ground, and so I'm, I'm wiping down his his, his tombstone and you know wiping it down with water to make and i can't hold my tears i I start to cry Mm -hmm. and uh and i didn't have a a, a real close relationship with him because like i said uh, my grandma my grandparents raised him since he Mm -hmm. was infant so and i didn't see him for you know four years and then after as an adult he you know he he chose a dark path you know and uh obviously drugs and alcohol were a big um were a big part of his life and uh he i didn't really know him and you know every time Mm -hmm. he came around you know he he came down and we couldn't really keep him around because he he would you know he would take stuff you know so
1: yeah oh i i'm all too familiar with that story
0: so you know he uh, yeah when he got when i got the call that he had passed away i mean i didn't really know what to do i had no relationship with this guy you know but Mm -hmm. when i went to the cemetery to clean his grave I. I started choking up i started crying and, yeah. and then i i text my brother danny who who he grew up with and he was like yeah i'm a total mess when i go down there too i'm like i believe it man so yeah um we always like i said we try our best to to respect the um the, our loved ones by swinging by and seeing them first and uh uh like i said we make our round santa paula first and then and then oxnard that-
1: that's beautiful um I was actually back in my hometown for my birthday on well my birthday was Tuesday but went there on Wednesday because I had my kids get their hair cut <laughs> I didn't trust anybody over here I was like <laughs> hands down better go home where I know it works but uh, I didn't want them to mess up but you I, I have a hard time going to like my grandmother's grave. like she always had this she always said she's like She's right. like, you don't be crying over all my grave, you know, you see me when I'm alive, or no me están rosas cuando ya estoy muerta, you know, me enterraron, you know, whatever. She's like, that's what she would always say. So you come see me when I'm alive, and if you didn't, then, you know, that's on you. So I know I spent a lot of time with her, but always having that in the back of my head doesn't mean that I don't go there. I know she's not there, and even if I want to, like, I just can't bring myself to go. And I always remind myself, like, mom, we need to go. And I always tell myself, okay, we're going to go visit or we're going to go say bye. And I always make excuses why we didn't go. And um, that's something that I need to change moving forward because I think that's a beautiful thing, like, to be able to do. And I just haven't brought myself to be able to do it yet.
0: Well, yesterday I I mentioned to you that we were um, pretty busy. So yesterday – the family so my wife's family decided to well i say i always say my wife's family to explain which family i'm talking about i mean they're my family too but i always say yeah. my wife's family because to specify who i'm talking about so their grandmother passed away sadly four months to the date after my grandmother passed away and um yesterday uh, her birthday was on, on on friday which was also the 17th mm-hmm. so this Friday would have been her, it was her birthday, but it was her first birthday without her. Yeah. So every, the pretty much the, I call them the, to... the adults, meaning the, you know, my mother-in-law and her siblings, the adults, and there's, and then husbands and wives. We all got together at the cemetery to pretty much celebrate her life by yeah. doing things that she used to do in the community. So she mm-hmm. used to go to Home Depot and used to mm-hmm. take homemade tortas to the people mm-hmm. waiting for work. Oh, so they made tortas, right? Mm-hmm. The, my mother in law and one of her sisters and two of her sisters were making tortas for everybody. And then they brought like her favorite, like, um, uh, what do you call it, seeds, and 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 just pretty much we chowed down on items that that she enjoyed in her life, you know. Oh, and yeah, it was so cool to see you know a lot of my wife's uncles there. And one of her uncles was right away, hey, man, what did I do to you, man? You don't come to the desert no more to visit me? Mm-hmm. And I made a, I, I mentioned a story on the podcast before about the desert. When we when the wife and I said I do, everyone told me, you break your heart. We have a desert. And we I didn't know what that meant until I went mm-hmm. to the desert. They, they can pretty much hide my body anywhere. Oh, my gosh. And I won't be found. I won't be found. Oh, so no. So I'm like, so where's the property line? Oh, there is none. <laughs> we can hide you anywhere. And oh, no. Um, So that uncle was there and he was like, again, he's always says this first thing that says, the first thing he says, like, what did I do to you? What did I do to you? So it was pretty cool to see because the moment she passed away, obviously, the first thing siblings do is they start bumping heads, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was pretty cool to to see more than 90% of them there together and and pretty much putting the BS to the side for one day to celebrate their mother. And yeah. this lady was—we uh, were at Mass today, and the first thing that came to mind was my wife's grandmother because mm-hmm. she helped so many kids in the community do their first Holy, holy Communion. She tr- mm-hmm. teached them. She trained them. She she got them ready without even charging a dime, I mean, my understanding, without even charging a dime. Yeah. So, yeah, no, this lady was was known um, over here. And uh, so it was pretty cool to see everybody at the cemetery yesterday. And, just, and my son— My son at one point got bored, so he got my camera, and he started like, just go ahead and knock yourself out, yeah, and he would take photos. I was editing some photos yesterday, so I got pretty distracted. And then we went to my – after that, we went to my mother-in-law's house, and we were there pretty much till like 6 o'clock. So I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not recording it today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you're okay. I was recovering. Anyway, I think I slept all day yesterday because I was feeling kind of crappy. But – oh, that's beautiful. I went to my mom's over the week. And I should have, that was one of my things, was to go and visit my grandmother's uh, grave and I didn't do it. We take artificial plants because you can't take real plants out there anymore. Yeah, because the way that they have it, the the groundskeeper, you know, it used to be where you could take real flowers. You could actually plant things. Now they got it really, you know, you can't take too much things out there. But don't they throw them away once a week? Well, I think they don't have anybody to do that. So I think that, like, you have to take care of the property. That's
0: why they, oh, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, my mom does. That. My mom does all that still, but um, I haven't. I, I wish it was like that. When my grandmother passed away, it was a beautiful moment. I didn't get to make it. I made it. I was I was driving from Dallas to Brady, and I missed uh, missed saying goodbye by thirty minutes. I was in Brownwood, and my mom was on her way to go pick me up. And I was like, Mom, I'm in Brownwood because I had a friend drive me. That was the furthest we were gonna go was Brownwood. My mom was gonna pick me up, and it was like thirty minutes away. And my mom's like, Okay, I'm on my way. Well, then she called me back. She's like, me I can't. Grandma's gone. And I was like, oh, fuck.
0: Yeah. So
1: um met with the all the way back um, up there. And um, my I, you know, I, I always talk about my grandma raising me. She always said that I was her daughter. And anybody you met, she'd always say, well, Marlene is my daughter. I raised her. She's my daughter. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that hurt me in a, um, is that one of my aunts was like, I wanted this. Uh, tablecloth it was like a, a mantel it was like a horse and my grandma cherished it and I wanted it and it was like the one thing that I kind of wanted to take and you know we talk about everybody fighting and everybody wanting stuff and she was like you need to give that to me because you're not her daughter and I was like but I am like she called like you ask yeah. anybody I was always her daughter she made me cry and I was just like you're you're a jerk and like you know and anybody she would like from little and that makes me upset. That she, you know, I am upset still to this day because she's like, what did I ever do to you? I'm like, you literally, like, didn't even let me mourn yeah. her the way that I would have loved to.
0: Yeah, I, like I took that from me. Because my grandmother lived in El Paso and I was only there for like 48 hours. I told my brother mm. Danny and, and my brother Albert, who who lives in the, in the house, was like, hey, yeah. look, man, you have support right now. You have me, you have Danny, you have my other two brothers that are here to help you pack as much as, as possible and we're only pretty much – because for the past like 10, 11 years, she was already giving yeah. stuff away back to That's like – That's
1: how she was mm-hmm. too. She was already dividing everything. Yeah. And she didn't have much to give yeah. anyway. But she was like, these pictures are this person's or this is so-and-so. Yeah. This person bought me this. They should take yeah. it back. Or And most of the stuff, my mom had bought her. Like all her clothes, my mom bought her. Everything she owned in that house, my mom bought yeah. her. I mean from her underwear, my mom <laughs> bought her. You know, everything. I'm not, And I was asking for a mantel. Yeah. yeah a
0: mantel yeah.
1: of horses
0: yeah so that's because
1: my daughter do- you know i was just like okay
0: so that's what we started doing right we started doing that and and, and we started collecting stuff we started packing stuff my main priority was f- photos because photos yeah. are the first things that get lost right yeah for sure what, what bothered me was the day of the viewing i was getting calls from cousins uncles nephews and hey um there's so-and-so items there there's so-and-so items there there's this there there's some tools there and blah 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 right And, like, my brother Danny was like, BS. They wouldn't come check on her while she was alive. So, why all of a sudden that she's gone, they want to claim things that are not, you know, that are, that are technically now her grandsons. Like, you know, and like I I told my brother Danny and my brother Albert was the fact that she, she was already giving stuff away. Mm -hmm. The stuff that she kept was pretty much, um, call it sentimental value you know what i mean yeah so we Mm -hmm. we tried our best to collect these things and then okay danny you can take this to storage i can take this to my house um my grandfather's tools were there and like well they're just sitting there in the box so i went and now they're here you know oh you know grandpa's this and grandpa's that and my brother took a a computer monitor they had laying around and pretty much stuff that she held on to sentimental value so pretty much now i have you know these little these little candle holders that she had in her room they're now in my room so pretty much we, we try to put something of her that's in, a, what in I every do room. too
1: like yeah. yeah and you know what I did was like everybody, every time I even went to braid or saw her she'd always give me something so I always took whatever she gave me I didn't care if you know so now I have so many things around my house that she, now not everything's out but they're like, where'd you get that? I asked grandma, was like, yeah, because she gave it to me because she did that. Like, she yeah. just gave me a- or she would send my mom with, like, boxes of stuff. My mom's like, I don't even, because there was a, at one point, she already, she had dementia that she was just packing stuff away. And she's like, take these, take these. Like, she'd send me, like, a, a trash bag full of, like, little things that she'd found, like a marble and a half, you know, half of an eraser or, you know, like a toothpick, like, like a, not a toothpick, but a, um, a bobby pin or safety pins, like little things like that. And I do, I have all these little things that she would collect. I have like a little keepsake thing that, uh, she'd send me all these different things. I mean, I still have, like I can show you my garage and say that's for my grandma's, that's for yeah. my grandma's or that's my grandpa's because that's what, uh, I did that. I accepted anything and everything from them because, and I told my mom, in fact, we had this conversation. She's like, well, the house is paid for. I want to be able to leave this. I said, mom, I'm the only one. Let's just do this. It's like, enjoy life, sell your house, live in an apartment, go enjoy life. I don't want anything. Like, I don't need anything. Let's make that agreement. I said, because I'd rather you live life and not have to, because I think that's what her, um, her things. I want to leave you something. I didn't, you know, and I'm like, you don't have to leave me anything. Right. I just want you to be happy. Yeah. And uh, don't, wear, don't wear yourself out trying to leave,
0: uh,
1: what is it called, monetary things behind.
0: Yeah. I, you know? I, my, my name, I'm my, not going
1: to fight over anything. It's just me. Yeah.
0: My main priority were photos and nobody fought us on, on that. You know, even my brother Albert was like, he had a whole album to himself. And then my grandma had, and he was like, I'm not in a hurry to get that back. Don't even trick. Because when we we're going through all the photos, the first thing I did was start scanning photos. Yeah. I have a scanner here next to my computer. I started scanning photos and I sent them to my brother Alex and then I had I I, I collected quite a bit amount of photos I scanned (laughs) them and I sent it to my mother and then uh, there's still a couple photo albums in there but
1: that's still hard that my father-in-law is doing that too he's taking everything and digitizing everything because like you he's the only one there's tons and tons of stuff he said there's well, there's not tough stuff, stuff. He's not. He doesn't want to share with anybody. So he's like, "I'm going through
0: it." <laughs> yeah, these things come in handy. It's external hard drives. It's a trip, but it's a trip because these things were expensive. This one was. It's only a five hundred gig, and it was like a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And now I bought like yeah. a, a two terabyte for like fifty bucks, whatever. Because so, yeah, because
1: it's so common nowadays. And
0: and 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 the kids already know. If for some reason the house were to catch on fire, what are you grabbing Grab that first? <laughs> yup. So yeah, no, I I still have like I mean. I, like I said, I got I got I got calls from cousins. Hey, there is there any images of there of of, of us and my you know, and I did find some of their moms, so I, I scanned them and sent them that way and then uh, but there was then I went through everything. My priority was to see who isn't my cousin. So my grandfather had obviously two kids before he married my my grandmother. Um, my cousin um, my cousin Katrina, my cousin Selena. I had photos of them here. So Selena came mm-hmm. over to pick them up and then I had to cut the uh, pictures of my Tia Rosa. I'm out uh, here. I mean, take them back.
1: Yeah. My mom did that too. Yeah. She put like, she actually gave them their actual photos. Like my, each aunt or each uncle got their respective photos. Like even with their kids and stuff. My mom, we, that was one of the things we did, um, was we, I, we did as a group so is we went through all the photos and we separated who was going to get what, as far as the photos went. Um, so I have you know just my family here, like, like I said, respective families of who I, I don't need copies of those. <laughs> yeah, it's no, okay. I
0: like I like it's funny because my 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 cousin Selena told me she she told me the story, and she oh and I got to show her who her uncles were because she went on I think oh, yeah, Ancestry, and she said I matched with someone in Oxnard. She said her 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 uh, her dad was or her grandfather was Javier well this is your well, uncle Javier. You Javier that's yeah. Javier that's oh, that your uncle yeah. that's Chel. we call him Chel. it's funny because she she was telling me the story she's like think I don't yeah she told me I don't think your grandmother really liked us very much and because she felt that when my grandmother called them and they told she told them hey just letting you know Tony's gone and they're like Tony my grandfather Tony they're uh-huh. like well, where is he where yes he fue where'd he go and then know, he died. He died, you know, and then, and then she clicked, right? But my, my wife's the one that told me, she and I forgot to tell it to my cousin Selena, so hopefully she's still listening to my podcast. If my grandma had a problem with, with you know, with my grandfather's other kids, uh-huh. my grandmother still had their pictures on the wall
1: of uh-huh. Selena
0: and Katrina. So, so I she don't didn't think, have a problem? No, I don't think she did. It's just, no. you know. It was
1: just one of those things that they say.
0: They're old people, man. They're old yeah. people, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, my gra- the, the one thing that I loved about my grandma that I, that is something an old person would say, she would always mm-hmm. say, Andy's my favorite. Andy's my favorite. <laughs> and I told that I, and my brother Danny was like, honestly, hands down, I fucking believe it, dude. <laughs> I'm like,
1: <laughs> dude, I, we, so my cousin, the oldest cousin, we would always she was always baby, the older cousin. It didn't matter. He could not do wrong in her eyes. He could be doing drugs and he could be coming off of shit in her back room saying he saw demons and she'd be feeding him soup with olive oil and they're praying for him <laughs> thinking you know and he's over there come detoxing off of meth yeah. you know he was that kind of he was Oh, that makes me so mad because my grandmother did so much for that kid and he, for him to do what he did and still in fact he just got put in jail because he got caught with the shit on him and he would, took the stuff while he was in the jail <laughs> yeah it was like a lot of stuff too yeah. And I was like, Get I was like, you're so stupid. And then he came out and there he thinks that everybody owes him, like he deserves a clean snake. No, you don't. Because he did so many damage. He stole from my mom. He yeah. stole from my grandma. He made grandma shed so many tears and heartache. And he thinks, he, yeah, people ch- people deserve a second chance. But when you burn somebody so much and you do so much things to so many people that sometimes the, bridges are hard to build, it's better just to move forward. The,
0: the only thing we didn't agree with her, and, and, and that's the fact that she pretty much, I think, the, because she lost her son at such a young age that yeah. and she told me one day so i can say it she told me that she failed because she felt that she failed because she babied me one of our brothers since day one because my yeah. mom my mom had him at 14 so she was a baby herself having a baby so my grandparents pretty much took custody of the child and they're like that's this is our kid and i feel that we feel that my that my grandmother babied this guy so much that he can do no wrong it's why he is the way he is now exactly and, and that's why and that's why him and my grandmother I mean I'm sorry that's why my grandmother and my brother Danny bumped heads a lot and she mm-hmm. and he would just like we'll go visit her and then it was like what's the point in coming to visit her she would mm-hmm. tell me what's the point of coming to visit her if, if I just leave and and we're fighting it's, it's pointless mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. to this day and I'm sure it and I'm sure it does he kicks himself in the ass because on his when they were coming over to visit me so it was my sister and my brother And her family Mm -hmm. that I'm going to meet for the first time are coming over for Christmas. Mm -hmm. My brother drove through El Paso Mm -hmm. and my sister got to see my grandmother. My sister was the last person to see our grandmother alive. And my brother, because there was still fresh tension with my grandmother Mm -hmm. and him, he -hmm. didn't get down to say hi to her. Oh, wow. The next thing he hears is like, because he told me, he told me. I don't want to, she's still so stubborn. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything. And so when I got the word that she had passed, I told him, I know you don't want to hear it, bro, but she's gone. And we all mourn differently. You know, I I cried in my car for like five minutes and then I was on the clock. So back to work, you know, and he kept his distance. He was quiet for a little while. So it's like everybody mourns differently, you know? And, um, but it's, it's because, you know, till the, till pretty much to her last breath, she, you know, she babyed an indi- it, she babyed mm-hmm. an individual that pretty much she, she 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 brings a whole new meaning to helicopter parent pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, and well, um, yeah. we can't blame her for it at the end of the day, no. but you know we can't blame her for it. You know, she had her reasons, but that yep, that, but, reason yeah, kinda, sure. that reason kind of that reason kind of that um it it caused a lot of tensions, and when when she passed, my, that's the first thing my wife said. uh-uh, I don't want Albert over here. No, 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 you know, no, because we went over there. We went to go visit her one day, you know, before she passed. And like, dude, the kitchen is covered in dishes. Dude, you, the Mm-mm. thing is clogged. So I go no. to the, I go to Walmart and I spend like $140 on, on cleaning supplies and plungers. <laughs> and I'm like, this plunger's for the kitchen. This plunger's to the bathroom. And I'm talking to a 40-year-old individual, not my grandmother. Yeah. You know, her toilet wouldn't clog, wouldn't flush. So I had to go and bought the little parts and everything. And the one thing she did tell me was, every time Danny comes over, he does the same thing. And and I talked to Danny. Danny's like, fuck yeah, every time I go over there, I'm fixing something. Yeah. You know, and um, she didn't want me to, but I told her, uh-uh, sorry, Grandma. You have to. Yeah, I have to. And then she couldn't even reach the little fan, the fan, the little chain to the fan. Mm-hmm. So I went and bought the little chain. But...
1: So yeah. <laughs> the other day I was
0: going through my stuff and uh, I found the extra little box of the Aww. chain that I didn't use. And I was like, i'm um, like oh man grandma and I just I kept it. It's right here yeah. in my in Still my settlement stuff. In my setup. Exactly. Now that this trip, that little box of a chain, of a freaking fan chain, is now sentimental value to me and only you hoarder you
1: horrible
0: hoarder <laughs> right right so that's cute
1: oh i i say that but i keep the little things too i mean i can look over here now and just pull something that's my grandmother's yeah. and be like look um but that's
0: i'm looking around I'm sure i'll that. find something right now <laughs> I, i'm
1: looking right now look i'll point it right now i look straight over there I had this basket. She used to keep this, this... I think she got a flowers in it. Wow. And it's made out of glass. And I keep it in here in my... I keep it right here in the garage for some pens.
0: Yeah. I have... Yeah, no, she was... Um, the, the, the beautiful thing about my grandmother is that, you know, she always threw... She In a way, in a funny way, she was threw my face. She was like, you always wanted to go back to your mom. you." Because <laughs> I guess they asked me in court, do you want to stay with your grandma or do you want to go back to your mom? And I said, I want to go back to my mom. So, in a way, she always... Made it seem like she was hurt with that because that was, she was like, you know, she wanted to keep me pretty much. Yeah. But like I like I told my brother Danny, things happen for a reason, man. Because I think I would have choked him out, the other guy. I would have choked his ass out if I grew up with them. And um, and I tell my brother, I tell my brother, my brother Danny all the time. It's like, because he said when they were kids, they always want they they would, you know, I don't know, cry themselves to sleep and wanting to be with us for eight years. We didn't hear. You know nothing anything of them and, mm-hmm. and and i told him you know what's funny da- you know what's funny danny is that i always i would always cry wanting to go to moms to grandma you know moms we call them yeah we wanted it it's a trip you guys wanted to come to us but we, we had it worse bro. we had it worse we wanted to go to you but we had no idea where you guys were you know and um and then this is the one thing that i told my brother is i told him dude you know, the life that you guys had with her, I guess my grandpa was too strict or whatever. I'm like, I I told my brother, actually I told my brother junior one day, I'm like, dude, you guys were supposed to be, we were supposed to be the fuck ups, you know, not because like (laughs) like I said, he got into drugs. I'm like, not you, you know, but the one thing that I do give my grandma props is she, she, my grandparents, they did whatever they had to do to make sure that all three, all three of my siblings Mm -hmm. graduated high school because my mom had, my mom had 12 of us. And out of the 12 of us, three of them that she didn't raise, graduated high school the other nine the other nine that she had under her care only one of them graduated high school
1: i think all of my aunts and uncles except for like even my mom they all graduated high school um i did uh, well i graduated early i wanted to get the hell out of there yeah like um i think the major thing the big thing the big thing in that was is that you had a small town you wanted to graduate you wanted to get out of, and a lot of my aunts and uncles didn't you know graduate or didn't have uh, their high school diploma, so my mom I think she had to go back for her GED. Um, I think that's I think that's right because I think my trying to figure out if two of my uncles and aunts didn't have it, but either way, it's still an accomplishment in Hispanic household to yeah. gra- be able to graduate yeah. high school and then go on to college. Not very many of us went on to college. Um, you were really successful then. I know I wanted to do college. But I didn't know how to get there. I didn't have guidance to do college. I knew that I wanted to get the hell out of Brady because of all the shit that was going on to me there. You right. know, there was no way I wanted to stay there. I wanted just I wanted to be somebody totally different. And as a person for me, I wanted to go to Austin. Like, so high school was I wanted to get in, get done. And when I found out that I could graduate high school in three years, I was like all for it. So I started doing all my classes and focused like just strictly on, on schoolwork.
0: I wanted so I kind
1: of like just buried myself into
0: it. I wanted, I just wanted to be able to attend school. You know, come high school, I just that's all I I just wanted to go to school. And in a way, it was kind of like an escape from home because Mm -hmm. all I'm doing is helping someone else raise their kid, her kids. You know, so high school was like a a, an escape for me and like a like a sanctuary. You know, my fortress of solitude was high school. I wanted to play football. You know, that's that's the one sport that. That's the only sport that I, I can be in a good mood, and I'm watching it and celebrating. But mm-hmm. then there's days where I'm I'm depressed, and my wife's like, "What's wrong?" You know, and I say, "Cause I wanted to be out there with them," you know. <laughs> that
1: should have been me out
0: there. Yeah, that should have been me, man.
1: <laughs> that should have been and me, dude. <laughs> so no, I I did love football. I was always I, in junior high. I always wanted to play football. I even tried to get on the football team with the guys, but um, I never crossed that line. I always then I would gravitate toward towards fans so I was out. At least I could be out Friday nights with watch the games. Yeah. So I was in the band every Friday night, and um, I was watching the games. So that was pretty hyped up. And like I told you, shoot, Friday night lights was the thing back at you know back at home. Um, but also getting out of there with um, doing something different because boring old town like Brady, like what the <laughs> hell is there anything else to do besides football and getting drunk and doing drugs because that's kind of still how it is now. You were talking about. Uh, who was that again? That you? Who is it? Your brother that was with drugs? One of my brothers, yeah. Yeah, that's that's something that I grew up around, like drugs everywhere, and it's sad that it became like a normal in our family. Like, it was not something. Oh, it was like not usual to see. So, like you know, there was always an uncle who was all coked up, or he gave, or like he gave. There was always <laughs> we get so. We were so all my uncles, I mean, they were either some of them were into coke, some were into drinking and some were worse than others. You know, some let the younger generation have a taste of what that kind of life was. Once the older cousin got a hold of it because of uh my uncle, uh, there was just like no stop for him. It's like he got the bit of that drug and it was the sky was the limit. It didn't matter, he was inevitable. And uh that was a, a learned, that was a learned behavior and we talk about a uh, product of in your environment that was something normal you know to have go down right. Right. So um, drugs dude, drugs got a better half of of um, my family. I think they've got the better half of my family and I think trying to stay away from drugs was a big thing for me too so I, wanted, I did not want to be around drugs and I found myself just gravitating towards people who were on drugs. Like getting into toxic friendships with people who are on drugs. Like in high school, I'd want to go home on Friday night, or I didn't have a ride on Friday night. But the person who's going to give me a ride was like, "Okay, well, go out and have a beer," but then you know, you got to give me a blowjob, and I'm just like, oh. not gonna. I'm like, you know, that's not gonna happen because that's kind of what they. I don't know if that's what they expected, but I felt like every guy that I came into contact was so rude to me. Like, every was always like expected something from me. I didn't have any girlfriends. Um, I don't know why. I thought I had a few <laughs> friends that were female, but I just, it never worked out for me, you know, so I did, I did. was in bands. So I didn't have very many friends. It was always just, like, uh, my cousins that I hung out with mostly. Uh, like, I mentioned that I really didn't go out because my grandmother wouldn't let me go out. i get in trouble. But um, if I wanted to ride home, it was always came with the price. So a lot of uh, it was pretty disturbing in high school. So I didn't want to be in high school. I didn't want to go to school.
0: <laughs> the difference between dif- growing up in different environments, right? Like you mm-hmm. say that you're in high school and you're already exper- experimenting with drugs, right? Yeah. In high school, I was dry- drawing The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> you know, that Spanish singer, Talia, uh, Will Smith, <laughs> Will Smith pre-slap. And, you know, yeah. I would sit in my on my desk in my room for hours and just sit there and, and draw, draw and draw. So when um, there was this one history class that I had, the teacher, I still remember, I don't remember his name, but I remember he was allergic to tap water because he had to shower with not allowing the water to touch his, his face. And oh, really? um, he said this is going to be, he told us one day, this is going to be a, a history-free week so I need you guys to write a project, write a, a, an, an essay or whatever on, on something that you like or, or like sports or whatever. When it got to me, I was lucky to say wrestling, pro wrestling, right? My cover was a drawing of The Rock. Oh, cool. This SOB kept that drawing, man. <laughs> <laughs> I never got it back. You. Know,
1: that's so cool that you focus. You talk so much about your education and look how much emphasis. Every time we talk, you're like, we, we grew up in so different paths. Your emphasis on education and what you've done with that—you were thinking about education. Your grandfather was thinking about your education. Nobody was thinking of my education. It was just something I was doing. It was almost as if it was a daycare. Let them teach you everything about life, and none of them were really teaching you about life. They weren't even teaching you about school. They were doing their job as well, right? Um, but, so it's, it's sad, but it's sad. But it's
0: sad. But it's sad that the person that should have been pushing education didn't
1: wasn't doing it yeah
0: so it, we we you know my my uncle my grandfather my uncle my grandfather couldn't push that on me well he tried that mm-hmm. when i was a little kid right mm-hmm. but then pretty much for eight years we didn't know anything about him they didn't know anything about mm-hmm. us but i guarantee mm-hmm. you he would have I mean, like i said my three siblings that lived with them got to ha- graduate high school i believe in danny went to college you know
1: yeah i went
0: to community college only because i wanted to go to community college yeah. and my but my mother my mother saw oh you know financial aid <laughs> you know money 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 Uh-oh. oh come on that's for me you know that's supposed to be for me but yeah no um i wanted to go to school so bad and and, and like i said that's what when i went to school when i when i when i was 18 then i decided okay now you can't stop me anymore i can go i'm 18 Now go to school sadly i let a woman fuck that up but continue
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i graduated in three years i actually had scholarships because i didn't have anybody to help me out or teach me anything so when i decided that I could graduate. So my, my cousin told me, you know, Marlene, you can graduate in three years. I went and saw the counselor. Instead of the counselors really leading me into what I should do next, I wanted to be a teacher. I would love to go gone to education. And um, I did my work like I was supposed to. I was very studious. I did everything I needed to do. But they didn't help me pass that. I did get a scholarship for $5,000 for the Teachers Association or something like that. But I never did anything with it because my mentality was I should have done it. I didn't have any support or help. I should have I can't keep thinking about the what ifs. What if somebody would have poked me? What if the counselors would have encouraged me just a little bit more, taking the time out with me like they did the other students um, to help me pick a college, to help me apply for college, to help me fill out those paper, all those tests I needed to take um, to be where I needed to be? Instead, I was not there. So I decided the best thing for me to do is go off and get married. I was seven. I just graduated school, dude. I was like, um, so I graduated in. In oh one, I just turned seventeen. My birthday's in March.
0: You graduated your, your your high school graduation was in two thousand one.
1: I graduated in two thousand. That would have
0: been mine if I would have finished school. Really? Yep, two thousand one. Oh,
1: cool. So yeah, yeah, I graduated in 01, and I graduated early. Um, and I I went off, took off with a dude that was like six, seven years older than I was. I took off to Austin. My grandmother, and my mom were just like. Gave my graduation gift of thousand dollars, and there I was. Took off fresh, seventeen years old, clothes in hands, and took off with the love of my life. I thought he was, he was going to be the one for me. Right. But uh, that falls into just looking for toxic love. I was looking for in relationship and anything, and he was an older guy, and I thought he had this family that was a beautiful family that I wanted everything to be a part of. He had his mom, dad, and he was a single. You know, he was the only child. And we had a lot in common. He had more he had more in common with my like my cousins as far as drugs. But I thought that was norm too. Like I was like, okay, well, my cousin does drugs, he does drugs, you know, my uncle does drugs. It's all the same drug. You know, and still I was just dabbling and drinking, underage, drinking and smoking a little bit of weed every here and now and then. You know, so I still moved off with them. And um there'd be times where I mean, I'd find the, the cocaine up in the, like, the drink, or the we keep our glasses, our rolled-up dollar bills, and it was just that kind of became a fight all the time about it, um, who his friends were, who he was bringing over, um, being out all the time. And one time um, his cousin called, and it was, like, early in the morning, and I didn't know that one of the guys were actually staying the night there. And I answered the phone and it wasn't a cousin, it was like the cousin, it was a friend's cousin. And he was like, is so-and-so there. And I'm like, no. And I didn't know in the, the guy who was dating he turned around and put his hand on my like over my mouth and my like my nose, like, shut the fuck up, he's here. What the fuck are you doing? And I was like, and I got so scared because I was like, it was I just woke up, the phone had just rang. I just answered it and I just said, no, he's not here. I'm sorry. And here he is rolling over telling me to shut the fuck up oh. and what the hell did I do it? And, and I got scared. So I got up and I took off and I got in my car and I rolled up the window. Here he comes. Marlena, don't go. Marlena, don't go. And I'm like, I'm leaving. Fuck this. Yeah. So I drew to the only place. I was working for Dell at the time. So I drew to the Dell parking lot. And um, I was like, I called his buddy, his girlfriend up, his friend. who's like the, his best friend. And I was like, so this just happened, and he did this, and I'm scared. And she's like, well, come over. So I went over there, and I was like, "Um, I don't know what to do. I think I'm done. So I was like, okay, I'm done. I went back and got my stuff. And he's like, you're really leaving. I had my mom and my aunt come pick me up. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm not going to do this. So I left, and I went back to Brady. And then six months later, there I was again. You know, a couple of sorries
0: and I love yous, and my ass was well,
1: right back to it.
0: Well, at least you gave him six months. I didn't even bother to fuck. I I, I saw- won't even
1: say it's six months. I maybe bit three. <laughs> I say six. You still, I'm myself credit. you
0: still gave him a break a, a break. I didn't. I, I like I said. I you know how you, it's funny. You said that you 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 grew up around drugs, so you hook up with a guy who's in drugs. So to you, that's yeah. normal. Okay. I grew yeah. up in a negative environment, and I hook up with a girl who's just as negative. So guess what? To me, that's normal, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see nothing wrong with that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to school and the first thing she does is starts giving me shit about the females that are in class, my female friends that are um, I talk to, that she came with me to freaking school one day <laughs> and made everyone feel very, very fucking uncomfortable, you know, and I didn't see, but I was young and stupid and I didn't see nothing wrong with that, plus, two of these homegirls had a chance and they never said anything so now too bad like, yeah. you know I got with someone you're
1: who, like she's my bad bitch <laughs> she,
0: I got with somebody who fucking looked my way so who was actually honest enough to tell me what's up it's
1: claiming me yeah right yeah.
0: and then you know within the first nine months of us being together she you know she cheated on me and yep. <laughs> pretty much there and then I'm sorry I'm sorry I'll never do it again yeah. I didn't give her the three months or six months you know I just yeah. okay because my first relationship pretty much the first person i've slept with so yeah me too you know so it's like yeah it's like what's it called this you're sprung you know
1: yeah i was in love i wanted to marry him i was like marry me tomorrow i don't care <laughs> i was like let's do this I was like, i'm was, i ready to marry him i love your mom your dad let's do this yeah i was ready i was ready absolutely and whenever he we we took that break and it i was called we were talking to each other and then i bought him a dog and then i was like Okay, so we got back together, and then like um, things were going okay, I guess. And then like on his birthday, we were supposed to go to Los Lonely Boys. Oh, no and sure. uh, remember, I love Los Lonely
0: yeah.
1: Boys. Yeah. And um, we, I set it all up real we quick. Were go to a concert
0: real quick. Los Lonely Boys were actually um, the opening act for one of the Dallas Cowboys opening training camp.
1: Fun. Oh, cool! Fun
0: fact. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all fun fact. I love Los Lonely Boys. Yeah. <laughs> so we were supposed to go see them and we had bought, bought tickets and everything and for his birthday and the girl that, so he had this friend. They're really close. Uh, before I started dating them, they were close even during, like it was just one of those relationships. I just needed to understand that they were friends. So they were talking, whatever it was, a guy, you know, it was just one of those relationships. So I even reached out. I was the same girl. I reached out and said that he, he'd done that. And as the same girl that I reached out to make these plans for his birthday. And, um, so I was like, um, "This is who I want." You know, this is who I spend the rest of my life with. Well, he ends up going out for his birthday, and um, let me backtrack because I took him back twice. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, because I, I thought I was supposed to get proposed to that night, but um, I ended up, I ended up. I, so he, okay, so he, 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 so he ends up going out for his birthday without me. He takes off to San Antonio. And I'm like, what the hell, like, so he's out and he cheats on me, right? And I find out he's cheated on me, you know? And he's over there with her, and I'm like, why does he get to, ha- why, you know, this whole situation? So I leave, I come back, and fast forward to Los Lonely Boys, because I forget about him cheating on me. He said <laughs> cheating on me, and he did cheat on me on his birthday, and I was trying to forget that, because this birthday, the next year, I wanted to be with him, like, more than anything. Yeah. You know, I was like, I want to marry him, and I made the whole Lonely Boys thing. So I hadn't got the tickets yet or whatever. And the same girl, like I said, that was helping me through the situation, I was like, I'm going to have this girl night out with her. And I went out and had this girl night out with her because a friend of mine, it was a DJ at a bar. He was like, come D- come over. I'm a DJ downtown. And we're up there having a good time. We're drinking. And she says, she looks over to the DJ. and She's like, hey, yo. She's like, kiss her. And the DJ is like, yo, man. And we're all dancing. He goes up there and he grabs me and he kisses me. Well, I kissed him back. So the first thing I did was, we got to go. I told that girl, we got to go. We got to get the fuck out of here right now. I got to go home, I got to tell so-and-so. She's like, you're serious? I said, right now, because we had cell phones, but we were sharing a cell phone, so he only had the cell phone, I didn't have it. So there was no way of me telling him, but I knew she was going to tell him first. So I wanted to be the first one to tell him oh, what had happened. Yeah. So I walked in, he was like, hey princess, and he came to give me a hug, and I was like, I'm leaving you. And he was like, what? I said, I kissed this dude. And I didn't give him any explanation. And I liked it. <laughs> Well, I didn't know what to say. I was made my own fucking bed, so I called the guy up. That I, I was like, "Dude, you kissed me. My friend saw and like this shit. So come pick my ass up. I'm like you fucking fucked up. Like come get me. Yeah. I was Like because now, I mean, he's gonna do something to me that I re- that's probably gonna be you know. Yeah. I didn't know because he always told me if you ever fucked up on me, my family's in the mafia, or my family could do this to you, or are you ever cheat on me? I'm gonna find out. And you know, my uncles were in the mafia, or they know the mafia, and he would say stupid shit like that to me. So I was always afraid that if I stepped out of line, yeah. that somebody was gonna say something. Somebody was always yeah. watching me. And this it was no different. So when she's, convinced, you know, it was like, kiss her, kiss her, kiss her, and the DJ got down and he kissed me, I was like, this is a setup. Yeah. I to get my ass out. Yeah. So I went home, and I told him, I like, Call, come get me. In fact, I thought it was such a setup, so fucking paranoid, that I ended up moving with the DJ down to the valley. Damn. Yep. I got all my shit that next day. I was like, let me go get my shit because I fucked up. I was like, I fucked up. I fucked up. I went up there. I said, hey, I kissed the guy. It was just one time. There was nothing, you know, nothing uh, yeah. about it. I said, but, and I didn't even ever tell him that it was his girlfriend that encouraged the whole situation. Yeah. And I had no guts to tell him. And I was just like, well, I made my stupid, abrupt decision. I take off with this idiot. Down to the valley. I call him an idiot because I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I went down there and his mom expected me to run their restaurant. Like they wanted me to turn into like this full like 100% housewife immediately with this guy. Yeah. And I was like, I still want to have like my fun. I was like, not even 21 yet. I was like, no. So I ended up going back to Austin, trying to be back with the same guy. He ends up was into more drugs than I'd ever thought like i went back and he was doing more like it was even so scary i was like okay forget it like i'm not going to try anymore so i tried yeah. so i started doing like my own thing like i started doing like um, online dating yeah. <laughs> i was like i, don't, I was self destruct after that point see with I me i didn't give a shit
0: see with me i i the thing with me was like for example you know when she when she when i found out she cheated on me the first time you know i i, I fucked up i i slapped her right I slapped her, and that's something that I grew up always watching, right? I'm like, well, these guys are beating up on my mom, but yeah, she stays, you know. So I, I yeah. fucked up, and I, and I slapped her, and I said, hey, don't ever fucking do that again. And you know, all sunshines and rainbows again, and then she, and, you know, 11 months later, she just she, she cheats on me again. So I'm like. What the fuck, man? But now it's like, now I fucked up because now I end up in jail because I fucking clotheslined her and shit, right? Yeah. I think my, my pride was kicking my ass because I didn't want to go back to my mom's house. I did it. Yeah. So she yeah. can, you know, she can cheat on me. She can get rid of me. And the moment her funds is over, she'll come to church. She'll come to a church. Oops. She'll come to, <laughs> to, to visit me in jail after she just fucking put me in there and, you know, flash her fucking boobs. And I'm like, okay, I'm back. You know, I'm good. I'm good. You know, and and she knew she had me wrapped around her fucking finger. And and yeah. it's, it's like with me, because I'm like, if it took for me to be in my 20s to finally have a girl look in my direction, you know, don't want to lose this. And yeah. it was a fuck. Except it was so that, you toxic, saw that way. It was a toxic love because, you know, no matter what, no matter what I did to try to provide for her and obviously our, our my, my new daughter. You know, I did whatever I could to, to make sure we always had a roof over our heads. And no matter what I did, there she goes again to go cheat on me again. You know, so it's like it, it was like every time she wanted to to have her little fun. yeah. It's like she wanted to have a family and a home, but she didn't want the responsibility of helping build this home. Yeah. You know, and every time she got, you know, it's like. I mean, she was only eighteen. You know, I, I was three mm-hmm. years older than her, so I was what twenty-one. So, twenty-one-year-old, you know, <laughs> twenty-one-year-old never know what it's like to be with an, a, a female. You know, I'm I'm fucking sprung. I'm I'm stuck in this yeah. toxic love. And it, you're
1: stepping up. And
0: I'm trying to step up. And um, yeah. you know, no matter what, no matter how many times she she cheats on me, I continue to take her back. No matter no matter what. Here I am. Okay, back. It was just until the last one that I was like, yes, yeah, Stu, I'm done. Uh, Yes, Tubal. I'm I'm
1: done. No, man, I do. I mean, I felt like every time... I think cheating's a big thing for me, and I think that was the... uh, Cheating's a huge thing for me because I want to be somebody's... I want to be important to somebody. I think I've always wanted to be that important to somebody or the only one or the most important or the first in line or whatever you want to say. But I want to be that person to somebody and I wanted to be that person for so long yeah. and I was willing to accept any type of relationship for it. You know, I well I I well I did that so those two first relationship I wanna I want to say names and it's hard no,
0: no. for me not to <laughs> No worry. We'll call them, we'll call them Sponge and Bob.
1: Okay, so Sponge. <laughs> so SpongeBob. So SpongeBob's who I left high school with. And then. Um, no, no, no. You left high school with you. It. You
0: left high school with Sponge. And then the DJ is Bob. The DJ is Bob. <laughs> DJ's bob. So I, I left high school with
1: Sponge. And then the DJ is Bob. And even the DJ was, you know. Which is hilarious, but anyways, my point was that was kind of a cycle for me. I was just choosing all of these these wrong people. There was a guy that I ended up dating who was in the strip club before I met my husband, and I'll leave it. We'll leave it at that because I did some online dating and some major mistakes.
0: We'll call him but, Square. We'll
1: call him Square. <laughs> so the Square that I dated was actually, and like I said, drugs was like I didn't think it for it not to be uncommon, but I didn't know at the time this guy was. One of it, and so, and too much drugs. Like, we were going to all the strip clubs. Like, I even met some people at the strip. Like, I met Mark Henry, The Undertaker. I met Andy Dick. I met Owen Wilson, all at the Yellow Rose. No, shit. I mean, I was frequently the Rose, Palacios. Hearing I name dropping. Uh, I was, <laughs> so all of these places in Austin I was frequenting, but didn't know I was being, I was a mule. Didn't know that I was just the pretty face. Right. And I was getting all these dances. And I, um, I don't, I like girls. So it wasn't a big deal for me to have all these women all over me, gorgeous women with their boobies in their face. I was like, oh, living the high life, you know. And all the meanwhile, really, they were getting their shit from the guy I was dating.
0: Oh. You
1: know, and I didn't know that until um, it got to where I wanted to use and I was using it. Right. And I am um, like, I couldn't I was like, I got to have it every day and because um, I was doing coke but that wasn't my first taste of my first taste it was my uncle because I was working for a hotel and he's like I know a way to stay up and I was like how do I stay up right. and he's like take this and I took it and I was like "Woo!" and then I was working for the bank and then I was still doing it and that's where I met Square at the bank and then I he's like come party with me and I was like all right well, plot twist
0: plot twist you married pants
1: <laughs> I'm And Pants is the one who came into my life and saved my life because Pants is the guy who I went over to uh, yeah, to their house and I was like, man, damn, you've got some nice arms. And he wrapped <laughs> those fucking arms around and he said, we're getting married two weeks. That's so cool. I had to go through some troubles to get yeah. to where I'm at. And that's why I always tell people, they're like, you're a survivor, you're a survivor. I said, no, I am a survivor. I said, I am. And when I say I've gotten to the top of my game, it's because... And I wanna share that with people because I had to go through a lot to see the beauty on the other side. And I know it's so cliche. They say, Oh, the calm comes after the storm and the rainbow appears after, you know, the ugly. But it really
0: truly does. For for you know, like I said, this 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 woman just did me so fucked up. It's funny because she always says that for a long time she would have say, You're a fucking asshole. Um you made me that. Remember I used to be a hopeless romantic? Remember? I used to jam to the fucking Backstreet Boys in sync Britney Spears. Remember all that? <laughs> oh, you don't remember that, you know? Now you want to get mad because I'm an asshole. Did you think I was going to be an asshole to the world and not the one that made me made me an asshole? For a long time, Marlena, I fucking hated her. I fucking hated her. Yeah. I wished the worst on her. But it's not worth therapy. That. Therapies is what really helped me forgive her because yeah one she the therapist helped me understand that the way people are it's at the end of the day it's their fucking upbringing and yeah it's the thing is that she always felt that i didn't every time she felt i didn't love her meaning much meaning i'm getting tired of her bullshit she would go find love at the wrong places mm-hmm. every time she would get she would get like okay she even told her friend one day fuck Andy doesn't love me and he doesn't you know treat me with Wait, no, no, he doesn't care for me or whatever. And her friend even told her, like, you fucking cheated him like five times. What makes you think he's gonna be lovey dovey still, yeah. you know? And um if it wasn't if it it wasn't until th- like I said, therapy that I made me understand, like, okay, she has daddy issues. You know, yeah. her, her dad wasn't around, her dad took off when she was two years old. She has fucking daddy issues. You know, recently recently like i told my brother if i can have a conversation with her man i can have a conversation with you you're my brother because yeah. you know therapy helped me with that you know recently she tells me she has health concerns and here i am praying for her i'm praying mm-hmm. for her and i tell god and i and, I'm t- and i tell god i ask him if this is your idea of karma i don't want it this way i don't want it this way because she's having mm-hmm. you know she's having yeah chest pains so mm-hmm. I, I, I i it's funny because when she first told me and i was like is this karma for fucking um, breaking my heart so many times? You know, I made the Mm-mm. joke. I made the joke, yeah. and she's like "You fucking asshole." And she was laughing. But now that it's getting worse and worse, I'm like, "No, dude, nah." No, that's not But he doesn't if, do it that way. If, no, I know, but I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, if that's my my you, way of praying, dude. If this is your idea of karma, mm-hmm. bro, nah, I'm good. I I already forgave her. We're we're good. We're yeah, good. You know, for sure. And uh, and, and somebody told me because I say that because I pray that and I said that, hey, I don't I don't want it this way, you know they told me that's why you're a fucking, um, what was the word he said? That's why you're a fucking good individual because the person that, that, that made you suffer the most, the person that almost fucking, you almost died for, you almost jumped in front of a mm-hmm. train for you're over here asking God, nah no, nah, nah, please take care of her. Don't, 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 mm-hmm. f- don't fucking hurt her like that. I, and I'm, 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 I'm going to let you talk on, 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 on for a little bit while I find the word cause it's bugging me now. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no, you're right, because when I have met my husband is whenever I really started to soak in needing mental health, and I knew that I needed it immediately, and that's whenever I took control of my reality and where I wanted to be in life. Because for so long, I let all of that fester up, all the traumas that I had dealt with, the whole uh, like trying to find love a certain way, um, just being able to see um, people in a different light. I needed to be able to see that, because I didn't believe my husband when he said, I'm always going to be there for you. I'm never going to cheat on you. Well, every other man in my life did that to me. Every other man in my life did this, this, that. So I needed to heal. And I suck out uh, professional treatment. And that was an opening of a door for me to, you know, to be able to start to express and accept uh, my reality so that I can. Because if you deny it, you deny that it ever happened. Right. And if you if you put it away, then you deny it happening. So we have to be able to – in our we have to be able to um, – experience those emotions and experience it, but also learn to move past it. And that's where um, I'm an advocate for mental health. I'm an advocate for getting, seeking help, whether it's uh, through your your personal care provider uh, with the aid of pills, maybe, because I am on a, a medication for it. Um, and antidepressants if they are talking to somebody or like what we're doing here talking about it getting it out breaking generational curses we talked about at the very first episode and even you we talked about if you would have known those things you know they could have prevented in the future if you would have known or you saw those things happening how you grew up and how they were being abused or treated or even disciplined you don't do those to your kids are um, you even nurturing um, such people as your mom or your ex girlfriend? Those are different generational curses because sometimes in your past we were like, no, to help that person. Like I had family members if they had if something ill were to happen to somebody, that's that they deserved that. Yeah, they deserved it, and that, that's where you are. That's where you are in, in your yeah. heart, and that's why you're here because God picks. I say God picks. But that's how you know you're a chosen one is because you've been through so much trauma and you're yet to come out on the other end and still love the people who caused you trauma, but you're able to get that experience out so that other people. Can hear it and possibly stop that curse at their moment
0: it's funny because it's nothing fancy this just said i was a good person for telling god not to take her out this way um um, what do you call it i it's funny because one day i had a dream you know i had a dream that she was like suffering like just Mm -hmm. hurting and uh and i and i called her up to just you know just to see how she's doing right and she said what's going on eddie and i'm like i woke up hating your fucking mom right now so bad and she started like what Um, I hate your mom and she's like well why I hate your mom because you are the person that you are because of her because she never she you can tell that your mom has favorites and we damn well know that your sister is the fucking favorite and when when, when she needs something your mom runs to her when you need something fuck you you're the fucking black sheep of the family for that. I fucking hate your mom. You know, I woke up with this anger towards her mom because I'm dreaming that the mother of my kids is in fucking pain. is fucking suffering. And we go back to what I was told the other day. That makes you a good person for going. Nah, man, don't don't take her out this way. Don't don't. Mm-hmm. You know, like at the end of the day, I said I said on my in my text. I said at the end of the day, she's still the mother of my kids. And, and no matter how much hurt or pain she put me through, you know, she is still the mother of my kids. And nobody yeah. wants to see, I, like I said, like I said, a couple of podcast episodes ago, I don't, no one deserves to die, you know, yeah. and in, in their own way, unless like, I wish that we all just fucking died of old age. Okay, you know what, you're, you've reached 115, done, you know, yeah. but not because, you know, you're, you know, for example, with me, um, meat, you know, meat is everything, you know, ever since I was told, you know, you can possibly have a heart attack. You know, mm-hmm. um, meat doesn't smell or taste as well as good anymore. You know, there's this one birria plate taco truck that freaking has the best birria quesadillas, tacos, quesadilla. and I went by the other day and it smells so uh, delicious, but it didn't, it didn't, it didn't A speak to you... me. It didn't, yeah. it didn't call me. It didn't speak to me. Andy, eat me, <laughs> eat me. So point of that is that I'm over here talking to the mother of my kids, telling her, hey. You know, cut back on processed foods, cut back on cut back on fast food. If there's a blockage, you know, high cholesterol, we got to cut back on this. So pretty much I'm going through my health concern issues that I'm, you know, kind of like walking through her of what I'm being told what not to eat or cut back on. Did uh-huh. I tell you the spinach is the it's reason reflecting. why I have spinach is the reason why I have high uric acid levels? Something that's supposed to help you lose weight is what's killing me. Oh, Damn. shit. Yeah, because I, I, I eat it that's every scary. day. I eat it's okay to eat it once in a it's fine you eat fish and every day and it gives you high levels of mercury but now we're getting to a whole different topic but counseling <laughs> the therapists like I said the therapist helped me really understand people you know for for why they are the way they are and yeah. and, and I still strongly believe that in therapy I believe that if everybody goes and at least at least figure out your triggers learn that yeah. and then you like I had a friend of mine tell me hey I'm gonna go to therapy for the first time Ask them what your triggers are and he like, he's like what? As that's the first thing you want to find out. Ask them what yeah. your triggers are. And then but at the end of the day, we are the way we are because of the way that that we were raised and and she is the mother of my kids is the way she is because of the way that she was raised and wasn't raised in a way that makes sense. Hey. You know uh-huh. you said you, all you grew up knowing was drugs. So you knew that drugs was normal. I grew yep. up in a toxic environment. And I got into a toxic relationship because I thought it was normal, you know. And like I said in my podcast trailer, until it's not, it's not normal.
1: I mean, I, I want to make it very clear: my mom and my grandmother did not have drugs. No, no, no. It was, like it was everybody around. Me. No, of like, course, of course, that I would hang out with, associate with, yeah. But that was very, that was very much. There was no, it wasn't. And I think about that. I should be thinking of other things that were happy and fun times, but of course, I don't. I think about you know when my cousin went to Austin to go get what they called a donut. It was actually hits of acid. You know, <laughs> I was like, "There's I mean, dude, this some crazy stuff that we could talk. Some stories of some wild shit that my family has done,
0: right? But
1: uh, absolutely believe in seeking mental health first, and especially in new relationships, um, if you're not confident and you're seeking out a relationship for love or you're seeking out a relationship just to be a friendship. Um, It's always to find out. I don't, don't, it's good to have people to talk to. Um, It's also um, people who understand who will listen, not just people who you're going to talk to, talk to, talk to, but will listen um, and maybe not even offer um, anything in return or even an opinion. Just somebody
0: to listen to. And that's what I told an individual last week. It is okay To talk. It is okay to get shit off your chest. It is not okay to bottle it up or brush it under the rug. That's right. Don't brush it. it. You have to get it off your chest because it will fucking eat you alive. And for a long time, it was eating me, you know. Mm -hmm. But again, I thank the mother of my kids because I wouldn't have found my wife. My wife. Yeah. If it wasn't for the way that I was in my first relationship, you know. And. You know, you have to go through this bullshit to make you a better person. You have to.
1: Yeah, you always. That's what I say. I always say that you have to go through all of that to make it to come out to the other end. And like I said, it's not. This isn't even over. I've. That is just. This is the beginning. Just meeting my husband is the beginning of um the last major incident in my life um that happened to me, and we'll talk about that next time. Even when as I got older and I thought I'd figured things out, um, it still didn't come easy. Even if I met the love of my life, Um, we still I still dealt with you know my mental illness and needing to figure that out. And how was I going to move on in this new relationship and still have all of these things? So I had to be honest with him. I had to tell him everything. Like there was everything was on the table. There was nothing. Like every lie I ever told, I told him, and it was a clean slate. And for a while, like I said for a while there after high school, I uh, went on a, like a binge. Like I went out drinking with with uh, Sponge, and I did the things with Bob, and um, you know I had fun. <laughs> I had fun with Square, yeah. You know I did all of those things, and I lived this crazy life. I met some crazy individuals. Like I told you, I met some famous people doing um, being in Austin. Right. Um, I lived some crazy nights. Uh, and I had to go through a lot of those things to meet pants, you know, to meet Jeff, to meet him, to meet to meet him. Can you can you and, tell that
0: I have kids by the uh, examples of yeah. names we
1: use? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you did that. Yeah. No, and it took me it took me a lot to get there. Yeah. But um, but when I met him, um, he had just lost his mom. And I was still going through all my shit. I didn't know how to deal with him losing his mom or right. even those emotions or had he even processed those emotions. So always talk to tell people, yeah.
0: What do I do with my hands. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What do I do
1: with my hands. What do you do with that? So I yeah. wanted to fight him every you know, I, I wanted I didn't know how to nurture him because I was never nurtured. You know, when he cried, I didn't know what to say. Suck it up, you're being a baby. Guys don't cry. Bullshit, Marlene. You don't tell that. Men should be able to cry. Yeah. And they should be able to cry to their significant others. They should be able to tell you how they feel. And what did I do? Because of the type of relationship and the type of environment that I was raised. I shut him down. Well, I closed him down, and here he was giving me love.
0: Well, my tears were what made my wife push for me to get full custody of these kids. So yes, men should ha- men should cry. I told a buddy of mine one day he called me and I'm well, like, not- Dude, <laughs> it's okay to cry, fucker. Get it it's off. It's okay it. to cry. Cry, bro. Cry. <laughs> cry. I'm not, I'm not gonna hug you. I'm not gonna hug you because I'm not there. But fucking cry. It is okay, no, it's okay to cry.
1: It's okay to show emotion. That's what um, men need to understand too. It's okay to show emotion. Um, you don't always have to be macho. Um, you can open the door for a woman and still be kind and still, you know, have a damn good time in bed if that's what you think that <laughs> is. I mean, if that's what you think, that you got to be rude to somebody to have a good time in bed, because I feel like that's all we're, men. I don't even know. I feel like that's where men's head is. They got to be really machismo or they got to be really good in bed or they got to have this to show off or um not. I'm telling you, every probably every person I've met and I've met a lot of people. I've always tried to throw something, you know. Jeff has been the only person, uh, and I'm not without you. You have been kind. <laughs> I'm not saying that about you. I'm talking about men who I've dated. Right. I Specifically, say men.
0: Well, um, well, because Jeff of men, like well, because of men of s- square pants or Bob. And yeah, I forgot yeah, the names. Of all those people. We all get the 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 nice get guys the bad get the shittiest yes, shit. Yep. that's
1: right, and that's what's the Stick. That's right, and that's not fair to you, and that's kind of what I did. I gave Jeff the shitty end of the stick. I gave him the ugliest parts of him, and that's why I tell everybody, is he had to love me through those ugly parts to get to see me through this beautiful part, and that's what brings me this full circle, is now people are seeing this beautiful version of Marlena yeah. that they want to be a part of, and I have a wall up now because I know who's inside that, and I know who's been there from, from day one. Right. You know, and um, and we'll talk about, I have a, I have a I have a Snapchat account that I uh, always send a lot of these people over to. I'm always venting over there. Always uh, people from back in my day who come on out of nowhere trying to be sugar daddies. All these men uh, who are married, they slide into the DM and they start talking all this mess. And I'm just like, let me educate you, fool. I was like, you know, where you're headed is down the wrong path. And even out of respect for your wife, you know, I'm going to have to call you out, bro. Yeah. Like I'm just I'm just gonna have to, and I do that on Snapchat because I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair yeah. that that people that there are a lot of men who still do that. Um, I kind of went off topic there because I kind of was I got a little heated for a second no, in my mind.
0: Hey,
1: no, it's okay. <laughs> but I think I think what what I mean to say is that is that um, in all fairness, is it honesty? Um, mental health, mental mental help. Mental illness is real um, as we from childhood trauma, abuse, and we have to recognize that in our significant others in relationships in the future, whether it's friendships, um, because we are conditioned, programmed from we, we keep that. I guess it's like what do they say? Monkey see, monkey do. Once it's repetitiveness. It's the only thing you know and it's hard to change. When they say, oh, people can't change, people can't change. Guess what? We can't change. Oh, Guess yeah. what? There is change. Guess what? It is possible. You just have to want to do it. It's a mental state of mind.
0: I always say, I always say, give credit where credit is due.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because mm-hmm. people, like, you can't throw in my face my past when I haven't mm-hmm. acted like that in years. Yeah. So give credit where credit is due. That's what mm-hmm. I believe so if in. There's
1: growth, If there's growth, allow me to, um, allow me that growth right don't deny me the growth allow me the growth so that's what our that's what we're doing here that's what you and i are doing here is talking about it sharing our experiences to allow other people to grow um to be able to talk about mental awareness um being able to break generational curses to be able to recognize toxic relationships um just by me not you know me even saying that drugs was norm, that's toxic. You know, know that, hey, that's not normal. You That your family's totally different, that was not normal. But guess what? My hometown sees it all the time. Right. And guess what? That's not normal. There are other places that do exist that are not like that. There are other families that exist that aren't like that. There are other communities that are bigger than that that, you know, want to help. And uh, that's calling those people out, calling those to the front forward and saying, hey, uh, we're asking for help. Uh, how can what can you do to help me? Or maybe not what can you do to help me? What can you say to guide me? Um because maybe we're not because like as we mentioned earlier Canada, it's expensive. They get free health care, but they don't get uh, their mental health is is you have to pay for it. Here in the United States, um you can get mental health, yeah, you can call them up and say I'm crazy and they'll come and get you. But it doesn't mean that their whole pro- pro- program is for you. Okay. Right. Maybe sometimes we need uh, to be able just to freely talk to a friend or pick up the phone. Or maybe we just need to see, hear somebody else's podcast and be like, "That happened to me, and she's surviving, and she's happy because she chose to survive, because she chose to be happy, because she chose to make a change." That's what we need, and that's what we need to do today, and that's what we're doing in the future, and let's um, continue bringing awareness to that type of a uh, uh, what is the word? Not uh, cause awareness.
0: Uh, share awareness, right?
1: Share, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what we're doing. We're calling ourselves, it's calling everybody, our brothers and sisters to share their stories and to tell them, Hey, guess what? You're not alone and it is okay. And there is an outcome and there's, we're going to go through a lot more, you know, you may not be finished just yet, but you have somebody else to talk about it with, talk to, and you'll you have those people in your circle too. It's just a matter of opening up and speaking to those people.
0: Some people just need to stop being afraid of the microphone, that's all.
1: Mm-hmm. Or stop being afraid of the microphone, that's, that's right. I mean, you could, Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. So t- actually, just turn your camera on and just start recording yourself and <laughs> exactly. talking to yourself and recording a blog because exactly. sometimes just speaking it out, um, it helps. Yeah. I know it does for me.
0: Wow. Well, I'm glad that um, that you've been able to use my platform, my podcast, to get stuff off your chest. And like you said, you, you, on our side of conversations, on our texts or, or on our phone, where you say, you know, you've said things on here that you've never said in the past. You know, and um, that's what I'm, I was telling you earlier, the podcast started off with me getting stuff off my chest to help, you know, other people. No, to, to explain to other people what I've been through that is maybe not that bad, what they're going through, to then what my thing was to help others. But you brought up, you made it, you helped me understand that not, not only am I helping the listeners, I'm helping my guests because they're also getting stuff off their chest that they've never got off. And like I told you last week, I was like, um, um you're through the little phone. I can't hug you. You know, you're crying and I can't hug you. Uh, what do I do with my hands? You know? And yeah. um, so I thank you for, for opening my eyes or you know, bringing that to my attention that not only am I helping my... Our, we're trying to help our listeners, but I'm also helping my guest.
1: Of course. Well, you're welcome. I appreciate you. Um, like I said, if I think this whole process has become... It's under experience for the both of us. And we both grew a lot. And I think we learned a lot from each other. And I've said it in the past. Thank you for giving me this opportunity because it's, I think it's opening doors for the both of us. It is. And um, I think that our friendship is... A lifetime, I think, brother. <laughs> I've got a brother I never had. I tell you that for sure. I feel definitely like I'm talking to a brother. I've never had one, and I think this is what it should feel like Well, right here.
0: <laughs> until now, you're on the Christmas card list, but piss me off, and you're out of it. <laughs> that was a Scotty reference. For those of you that know Scotty, he would always say, you're off the Christmas card list. So one year... <laughs> My boys made a Christmas card, handmade Christmas card, and we took it to his grave. And we put, since you love Christmas cards so much, <laughs> here you go. Marlena, again, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for taking time. And like I end every podcast, thank you for riding with me.
1: Thank you, Andy. You know, we're still them boys. We're
0: still them boys.
1: Thank you for listening to Ride With Me, the Flat Andy Podcast. You can also listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean.